Welcome to another episode of the Worklife Podcast. To find out more about the Worklife Hub and to listen to other episodes, please go to www.worklifehub.com. Welcome to another episode of the Worklife Hub Podcast. I am your host, Agnes Uheretsky. If this is the first time that you are tuning in, let me just say a few words about this podcast. We speak to authors, researchers, business thought leaders, for them to share their knowledge and insight on work-life balance, leadership, culture change and organizational development. In our work at the Worklife Hub, we help companies reform their workplace to create a culture that embraces diversity and work-life balance. We are passionate about building vibrant and engaging workplaces that are great for employees and customers. If you would like to get in touch with us, you can do this via Twitter at WorkLifeHub, on our LinkedIn page or on our website. We're always happy to hear how you like the podcast or any other ideas that you would like to share with us. And now, on with the show. Welcome to the listeners of the Work Life Podcast. This is your host, Agnes Uheretsky, and it's such a great pleasure to be joined by Lolly Dasko. Hi, Lolly. Hi, how are you? Thank you for inviting me. It's a true honor. Well, it's me uh, having all this honor and pleasure because I was actually interviewing um, Andy Molinsky uh, last week. And when I was preparing for his uh, podcast, I went through his interviews and I, I watched his reach interview, the video interview he did with you. And even though I've been following you on social media, that interview gave me such a wonderful insight into your personality, your authenticity. And I just thought, oh my God, we have to have you on this podcast as well to bring your knowledge and your experience to our listeners. So I'm, I'm very grateful that you took the time to be here. Absolutely. Thank you. But thank you for inviting me. You are a, an executive leadership coach. Your, your new book, uh, The Leadership Gap, What Gets Between You and Your Greatness is coming out as we speak. And so before we go and maybe delve more into the book and your experience working with CEOs and companies and leaders, before that, may I ask you, Lolly, to tell listeners about your passion, your journey, your work, and, and how you just got there? Absolutely. So I've been in my business for over three decades. And my business is about being an executive leadership coach and business consultant. My whole business is about helping leaders to enhance their performance, to make a meaningful difference in their companies, in their lives, and in the world. Most of the work that I do is based on philosophy and science. And the experience that I have with working individuals, I've worked with thousands of individuals across 14 countries, six languages, and hundreds and hundreds of companies. So for me, what I'm most passionate about is I feel that I live and breathe leadership. So thank you very much for this introduction. And before we go into your book, um, the, the question that came to me was, you have such a vast experience working with leaders, and I'm sure that there must be so many different issues. Was it difficult for you to narrow it down into a book and, and focus on one particular issue? 
Or was this something that matured over time and you thought, this is it, I have put now my finger on this leadership gap and this is what needs to be brought to the open? That's such a great question. So for me, this book is a very personal book because it takes the system that I use to every single person that hires me, every executive that is interested in taking their leadership to the next level goes through my rethink system. And my book is based on the rethink system. And what it is, it's it's a very powerful system because I have found that, let's say you want to you want to enhance your performance, right? You want to make a difference in the world. What I call you want to stand in your greatness. I have found across the world, and it doesn't matter if you're a man or woman, it doesn't matter at what level you're even in your organization, every single person goes through um, this system. And what I mean by that is, is that within us, there are seven archetypes that we all have. We all own all of these archetypes, but within these archetypes are gaps. And if we're not very mindful, then it can end up costing us and being the great person that we're meant to be. So the reason it's called the rethink system, because it stands for the seven archetypes that lead us to greatness. And then I teach you the polarities that are in these archetypes that can sometimes lead us to our gaps. And it could be from any single person in any organization. You don't have to be a Fortune 500 CEO. People that have read this book say, Lolly, I am in this book. On mm. every page, this spoke to me. Every page, it's about me. How did you know this about me? And the reason I know why people feel this is so personal and it's about them is because after three decades of coaching, I saw this pattern. Everybody kept repeating the same things over and over and over again. And when I did the research, when I looked at the patterns, when I've accumulated the knowledge, that's what made this system so robust. That's what made this so universal. That's why it doesn't matter which country, what language you speak. People say, Lolly, this is me. How did you know me so well? And um, would you like to take listeners through some of them? I'm not sure we will have time for all of them. I know that one of them is about intuition. And that one I found yeah. particularly appealing. Um, and also integrity, loyalty, confidence. Um, which ones would you like to maybe start and then unpack a little bit and see how many we can we can fit in? So I would love to do this. I would love to maybe go through one or two. But I think it's very important that people read the book because... I can explain it the way I can explain it in the couple of minutes that we have, but the book is so is enriched with stories and enriched with the way you can leverage the gaps that this is not the kind of book that you only want to read once, but it's the kind of book that you want to revisit because these archetypes are not like Myers-Briggs or like Strength Finders or like the DISC because those usually tell you, okay, you're one archetype and that's it. These archetypes are situational, meaning that at any given moment, we can choose who we want to be, which archetype we want to be. Every moment, there's another challenge that comes up or another crisis comes up or another circumstance that comes up, and we can choose greatness or gap. And that's what makes this so powerful. So I'll walk you through the first archetype so you'll see how you can find yourself in this archetype. Great. 
So the first archetype in the rethink system starts with the letter R, and that is the rebel. The rebel is someone who wants to create something magnificent in the world. They want to, they're very passionate about a cause. They want to do something that makes an impact and makes a difference. But in order to do that, you have to have the characteristic of confidence. You have to have confidence in order to create something magnificent. But most people think having confidence means standing in front of the mirror and saying, I'm great. I'm wonderful. That's not confidence. I believe confidence comes from knowing your capabilities and knowing your competence equal confidence. Most people don't understand that in order to feel good about themselves, in order to feel confident about themselves, they have to tap into their strengths. They have to tap into their skills. That's what makes them feel so confident. So if we are the rebel, if you recognize yourself as the rebel, I know I'm a rebel. I know I'm passionate about causes. I know what I want to do in the world. There is a gap that exists within me. The gap is of the imposter who has self-doubt. Mm. The, the imposter says, oh, you want to create that impact? You want to make a difference? And the imposter says, no, 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 no. You're not smart enough. You're not good enough. You're not worthy enough. And all these little comments that it makes in, a, in your head. And what starts to happen is you start to have self-doubt. And if you know this polarity between the rebel who is confident and the imposter who feels self-doubt, then you could always ask yourself in the given moment, can I stand in my greatness or will I lead from my gap? Will I be the rebel or will I be the imposter? That's why this is a game changer. It's absolutely fascinating. And, and I think it surely resonates with me um, and I'm sure also with listeners and, and probably takes also a lot of self-awareness and humility to, to pause and think through of, what am I good at? What am I not so good at? What do I need to improve? Or what what is stopping me? How do I sabotage myself? And I wonder in your experience working with CEOs, is it um, perhaps difficult when you have, when your clients or when, when leaders have reached a certain status to take those steps back and think, okay, well, maybe I need to reassess how I'm operating um, and what are my vulnerabilities what are my my weaknesses and how can I improve is, is do you think it's difficult to to battle there a little bit with the ego well I don't know so much about ego but most of the CEOs that I work with will say to me well I'm very successful because look what's got me here it's yeah. going to take me to the next level and I always say to them, What's, what got you here is not going to get you there where you need to go. Now, I never have a CEO that says, Lolly, I need to work with you. I need to get better. It's usually the board or the HR department that says, you know what? We're in trouble. The CEO needs help. Mm -hmm. And then I am faced with a person that doesn't think they need help, right? Yeah. I'm faced with a person that says how great they are. Look what I've accomplished. Look what kind of business I'm running. Thousands of people are listening to me. I have worldwide recognition. I Look who I am. And then I ask the question, do you have the kind of success that you want? And when I'm talking about success, I mean, do you have meaning? Do you have purpose? Do you feel that you've unleashed the greatness of what you're meant to unleash? And sometimes they say, no, not yet. And I go, wow, what do you think that is? And they go, I don't know. Sometimes I don't get the response I want. Sometimes I don't get the people to do what I want. And I always say it doesn't matter what's happening on the outside. 
If you want to pivot to the next level, if you want to unleash your greatness, you have to go inward. And my company's called Lead From Within. And what I mean by that is that I mean that we have to go inward, find the leader within, find out who we are in order to unleash that greatness. And I really believe when I talk to my clients, when they first meet me, I always say to them, the sum of your greatness will lie not in asking what you do, but who you want to be. And once you can realize who you want to be, they get very curious and they go, what do you mean? Who can I be? And I go, well, you can be these seven archetypes because all of them stand in their greatness. And they go, tell me about that. They get very curious. Um, If you're offering someone greatness, if you're offering someone to take them to the next level, who wouldn't be interested in that? Absolutely. But let me just go back to what you said at the beginning, because we at the Work Life Hub, we work with organizations and systems and And our mission is to find out the gaps between what the organization is and what it could be, what kind of a workplace it can be for employees. And I was very intrigued by what you said, that it's usually not the the CEO or the leader, him or herself, but but there's some kind of perception, right, in in the context or within the organization that that it could get better or it it could be different. There could be more reciprocity. There could be more communication. So on a systems level, um, what is your take on this uh, about if a leader improves, how this then reverberates or impacts on the organization's capacity to also take the whole organization to the next level? Um, First of all, does it reverberate? Oh my, it, it has a ripple effect. And it's mm-hmm. instant. I once had a client who I was called in by the board and they said, Lala, you have six weeks to shape him into shape or he's out. Mm-hmm. He's, we're going we're gonna to fire him. And I was like, I am not a miracle worker, but I'll, I'll see what I could do. And what happened was, is that he was the kind of leader that allowed what I call in my book, a bystander. He mm-hmm. allowed whatever was happening in his organization to happen. And he wasn't, he wasn't showing up. He wasn't a leader. He wasn't telling people what to do. And things were falling apart. His best people were leaving, right? The most talented were leaving. The engagement of the employees were non-existent because guess what? We imitate what we see above, right? We imitate the leader. The leader wasn't engaged. Nobody was engaging with each other. There was constant gossip and there was constant all kinds of politics going on. And it was just falling apart at the seams. And... So what happened was I met with the leader and I said, okay, I want to be very honest with you. I've got six weeks to perform a miracle. Do you want to help me perform it or not? And he's like, what are you talking about? I said, well, I'm going to be a truth teller. That's one of my archetypes. I said, I'm going to tell you straightforward. They want to fire you. And I said, if we don't get it together and turn things around, then it's going to cost you what you've worked for 20 years. And they don't care you've been here for 20 years. They want you out. And so he says, okay, what do I need to do? He became very sad. He goes, I couldn't believe, you know, I thought I was empowering people by just leaving them alone. I said, Mm -hmm. you've not only left them alone, you've actually abandoned them. Mm -hmm. And he didn't understand that. So I I showed him a couple examples that people are looking for leadership. People are looking to the top to to see how the leader is leading, right? Because leaders lead by example. And then it has a ripple effect. I said, let's do this. Let's tweak one thing about how you communicate or what you do, and let's see what happens to the rest of the organization. So the first thing I had him do 
was to be vulnerable. And I said to you, I said to him, by being vulnerable, you'll be very strong. And he goes, I don't know what that means. I said, I'll show you what happens. I had him write a letter on a Friday afternoon announcing that he got a coach and the coach was asking him to stand at the edge of what his comfort zone and that for the next six weeks, he would be doing all kinds of initiatives, but he was looking for um, involvement from the rest of the organization because he really wanted to change how he was leading. He sent out this newsletter to everyone. A few thousand people got this newsletter. He hated me. He hated the <laughs> newsletter. And that weekend, he called me in the afternoon on a Saturday. He goes, I cannot believe what's going on. And I said, what happened? He goes, I am getting the most beautiful emails I've ever gotten in the 20 years I've been a CEO. People are like, we're here to support you. What do you need? How can we help you? People were stepping up. And he goes, I don't even, I don't even know why they're doing this. And I said, well, when they, you make them part of the problem, they want to help you with the solution. So this is the difference between being an engaged leader and a bystander leader. And he goes, I really like the way it feels. I said, good, now let's get to work. And so that little aspect of being transparent, of being vulnerable, of, as you called, humility, showing up with humility, all of a sudden people are like, oh, he's human. Let's help him. He needs help with his leadership. We'll be there for him. That's such a really touching story. And um, in a way, it's almost a shame that it had to come almost for this person to, you know, a make it or break it moment. But that's also a little bit what we see that organizations and I guess also perhaps in your experience leaders are chugging along when everything is okay it's 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 going okay it's business as usual and and it's only when there's a crisis that there is some kind of waking up and intervention and and I think you know that's why I appreciate your book and and also so much that you know people will be perhaps curious to do all these exercises and all this recognition and, and waking up before it comes to a crisis, before there's a, a bit of suffering or even much suffering, before there can be this turnaround moment. Absolutely. We don't want to wait until it's do or die. I mean, he had six weeks left um, to turn his leadership around. We don't want to be dealing from crisis. We want to be able to be managing our lives, right? We want to be able to be more in control of our lives. And my book gives you that kind of power. My book allows you to be the leader from within that at any given moment can ask yourself, think about it. If you're at a meeting, and it's going to be a tough conversation. Do I want to stand in my greatness at this meeting or am I going to lead from my gap? And you could ask yourself which archetype you need to be in this meeting. Sometimes you'll need to be the truth teller. Sometimes you'll need to be the rebel who has confidence. Sometimes you'll need to be the explorer who's about intuition. You need to ask yourself, what does this meeting mean? What does this relationship need? What does this company need? What does this team need? And then show up as that person because who you are is the most important aspect and element of greatness. Asking you now a little bit of a provocative question or, or that's just something that came to me. Um, how do you define leader? Um, and, yeah. and I'm asking about the prospective leadership because I think everybody should read this book because we all need these leadership competencies or leadership characteristics at one point or other. I think you can be even, uh, someone can be a soccer mom, you can be a doctor, you may not necessarily be a CEO, but I think these are very vital tools to have even if you are not per your title or your business card the CEO or the leader 
right? So I'm happy that you asked that because it's a very, very important question. So thank you for asking. See, my definition of leadership is, is if that you're impacting someone, if you're influencing someone, if someone comes to you for help, if someone asks you questions, if someone seeks your advice, you are a leader. And so that doesn't matter what level you are on the work chart, you are a leader. Now find the leader within and step into your greatness. Before we go to the last question um, of the podcast, may I ask you, um, Molly, to tell listeners where they can learn more about your work, where they can get in touch, where they can find the book. And I believe you also have a special gift that you can give away for the launch of the book. Absolutely. So the book is now available for pre-sale at the leadershipgapbook.com. That's again, the leadershipgapbook.com. And if you buy one book, pre-order one book, you get a $97 assessment. Usually my clients all pay for this assessment, but I'm giving it away for free. But don't stop at one book. Buy this for your team. Buy this for your kids. Buy this for those you love because I believe that every single person that you care about has has a leader within them. And so the stories in this book will just inspire them and empower them to become the leader that they're meant to be. Wonderful. Thank you very much for, for sharing this. And Coming to the last question, which is always the same here on, on the Work Life Podcast. Um, if I could ask you, Lolly, just give one advice to a CEO or a leader to embark on this journey to, to close this gap of, of what they could be, what would be your, your one or first advice? Well, I really believe that greatness is a destiny that is available to everyone. But the thing is, is that we have to choose it. So the question that I have for everybody that's listening to this podcast, are you choosing greatness? Because it's available to you. And I believe that greatness lies within everyone. Fantastic. So with these words, thank you very much, Lolly, for sharing your experience and your wisdom and also to talk about your book and, and giving us a bit of a taster of what is inside and, and what awaits the reader. I really appreciate it that you took the time and I just want to wish you the best of success with the book and also your work in general. Thank you so much. It was a true honor to be here and it was a pleasure and it was a privilege.